Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we are here with my very amazing co-host, Beth Pelletieri. So welcome, Beth. Thank you. Thank you. It's fun to be here. I know. Happy February, everyone. Thank you. I I just, I look forward to sitting down with you every month, and and, um, you have brought in a very special guest. I have. I'm very excited about this interview. He's a friend of mine, and he's an amazing practitioner. Um, This is Eric Almeida. He does EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. Welcome, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Um, yeah, it'll be fun to talk about this today. Um, uh, so tell us a little bit, just for a listener who's hearing maybe EFT for the first time, what is it? So EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. It's a mental health technique in which that incorporates uh, Chinese medicine. So essentially you're tapping on acupressure points on the body. And uh, the purpose of tapping on these points is to activate the meridians of the body in order to help calm down the fight, fight and freeze response that we all naturally have. Yeah. And 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 just if you can't, since you can't see Eric, as Eric was even giving that description, he started tapping. He couldn't help himself. Um, And so if you you can't picture it, um, so if you haven't seen someone doing tapping, it's literally like getting tapped as if someone was tapping you on the shoulder, but in specific points on the body. So before we jump into a little bit more of those points, Eric, tell us how you got here, because this was not, um, not what you used to do, be an EFT practitioner. For sure. So essentially... Uh, Two years ago, I was working in subsidized housing, very technical work, lots of government paperwork. And part of that job was the requirement of remaining detached from the residents. So it really kind of reinforced like the customer service mask I had to wear. And for me personally, that kind of made things really bad because it fed into the fact that I had been suppressing my emotions for an incredibly long time. So great in customer service, terrible for mental health. And so I was doing a normal recertification. It was a regular day, nothing out of the ordinary. I was with one of the residents and I just felt like something was profoundly wrong. And so I just, I felt like I was getting sick. So I went into my boss's office and I'm like, hey, can you cover this appointment? I'm like, I just don't feel good. I'm going to go into the maintenance office. And she was like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. So I go into the maintenance office And whatever I'm feeling got profoundly worse. Uh, My hands started going numb. My feet started going numb. I started to hyperventilate. I I broke out into a cold sweat and I immediately thought that, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack. Now at the time, I'm like, I was like 33 years old, heart attack, very unlikely, but that's what it felt like. And so I tried to call 911. It doesn't work. It was one of those voice over IP phones you see in offices. You have to turn 911 on. It wasn't on. So I'm like, oh no, I like, I need my cell phone. It's back in the office. So I go, I try to compose myself. I go back into the office. I grab my cell phone and I whisper into my boss's ears. I think I'm having a heart attack. I'm calling an ambulance. And she was cool as a cucumber and was like, you do what you got to do. 
So I go back into the office, I call 911. I tell them what's going on. They send over an ambulance. Immediately afterwards, I call my husband and I leave him a voicemail, basically saying goodbye. I basically was like, I love you so much that I think I'm having a heart attack, you know, basically goodbye. And so I'll tell you now, he did not appreciate that voicemail at all. No. And so (laughs) no one would. And so after I hang up with, from that voicemail, what I was feeling got worse. My, all of my limbs got completely numb and I started having that like cone in effect, like you're about to faint. So I just, I had my desk, my head on the desk, fluids flowing out of every orifice on my face, crying, snot, drool, and I end up losing time. And the next thing I remember are the paramedics walking in the door. You know, they confirm who I am. They ask me what's going on. And I explain to them what I'm feeling. And they, you know, they put the, the blood oxygen clip on my finger. They put the blood pressure on my arm. And they're like, okay, good news and bad news. Good news, you're not having a heart attack. Bad news, you're having a panic attack. Mm. And I'm like, oh. And so they stayed with me. They helped me do some breathing techniques. They explained to me why I was feeling the numbness. It had to do with like me dramatically altering my oxygen and carbon dioxide levels because I was hyperventilating. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. They calm me down. My husband calls me. He's like, oh my God, are you okay? And I say, I'm, I'm okay. It was a panic attack. Can you come pick me up from work? They offer to take me to the hospital. I say, nah, I'm fine. And so my husband picks me up. I take the next day off. And then I just try to go back to work. I tried, I treated the panic attack like it was just not a big deal. And I get to work and all those feelings start coming back. And I'm like, nope, nope, I can't be here. And I immediately leave. I even drove past my boss as I was leaving that job at the time. And the next day I try again. And that time I got maybe halfway down the highway and the same feelings came back and I just immediately turned around. I'm like, I can't, I can't. So it ends up getting worse. Um, I ended up becoming agoraphobic. I got scared to leave my house. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't drive. I couldn't go to the grocery store. I ended up confining myself to one room in my house, the first floor bedroom, alternating between being completely depressed and hysterically crying. My husband's doing everything he can to support me, but he's kind of like, I, he's like, I don't know what to do. And so luckily I had known a colleague of ours that Beth and I both know Sarah. And I reached out to Sarah and I was like, Sarah, this is what happened. Can you help me? She's a therapist. Can you help me? And can we do it over the phone? And she said, yeah, I can do, we can do it over the phone. Not a problem. So she was a therapist who had incorporated EFT into her practice. And after doing the work with her at first over the phone, after a couple of sessions, I was able to go see her in person. And then after about a month or so, I left the job. I had taken a medical leave and then I just thought out, quit the job. I realized it wasn't for me. I kept working with her. And so this was the summer of 2018. By the end of 2018 to 2019, I ended up getting the courage to actually open up an antique store. It was kind of my, you know, when I, when I retire kind of job. And I did that up until uh, March of 2020, all the while still doing the work on myself with the EFT. And then when March hit, I closed the antique store. It wasn't financially viable. The luck of the draw, I got out right before COVID locked down the state. So it was very serendipitous that I got out. So COVID didn't kill the antique store, but it would have killed it anyway. And I was still doing work on myself. And by that point, I was more independent, kind of tapping on my own. 
And in the middle of the summer of 2020, I just, one of our other colleagues ended up becoming certified as an EFT practitioner. I was like, wait, huh? How did that happen? Like, I didn't know you had a master's. Like, how does that work? And so I spoke to her and I spoke again back with Sarah and they, they let me know. It's like, oh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of certification process. You don't need an advanced degree to do it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. And because my initial desire for a career path when I graduated from college was to become a therapist. And when I graduated from college, I went to UMass Amherst. I worked at a residential program for children. And I did that for about a year. And I walked away and I was like, absolutely not. Like I I was still, I was very fragile at that time in my life. And I couldn't imagine working with people in that way as my job. Especially a lot of those kids were through the foster care system. It was, it was a rough experience. And so I walked away from that path and I stayed in customer service because I still wanted to help people. And I just, just found other ways to do it. I kept jumping around in different careers. So I dipped my toe by taking the initial part of the training for EF to be an EFT practitioner and to see if I could handle it. And I got through the in-class training and at the end of it, it was two weekends in a row, all through Zoom. And I was like, absolutely, yes, I want to do this. This is awesome. And so I, I jumped in both feet, did the practical component, the supervision, the 50 hours of the training and everything like that, and became certified towards the end of last year. And now I'm just wanting to give this gift to other people because the, the amount of personal growth that I have experienced doing all this work on myself, is in com- it, it's just amazing. And the person that I am today talking to the two of you is incomparable to who I was a year plus ago, let alone when I graduated from college. The, the thought of doing a live interview on the radio to the person that I was a year ago would have scared the bejeebus out of me. I would have been vomiting for a week in advance and I probably would not be talking to you now. I'd be under the table freaking out. So Eric, And all of that is gone. That's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing sort of that personal transformation of how you got here. Cause I'm, yeah, it's just, it's of very course. powerful. Um, I guess I'm wondering when you think about the physical, because you had, you know, such a physical response to being in your job and the panic attacks, and EFT is a physical modality, right? It's very active on the part of the client um, or the, the person that's getting healed or receiving or in their own self-healing. Um, um, yeah, can you talk a little bit about sort of where you, why you think that's such a powerful connection that our body is taking in so much of this, of our anxiety, of our stress, of where we're feeling stuck, and then sort of using EFT as a physical, um, as a physical tool. Absolutely. So, one of the reasons why EFT was so effective for me specifically, and it tends to be very effective for a lot of clients, is. We tend to be, a lot of Americans in particular, tend to be really wrapped up in our minds and purely in our, in, in our cognitive mode. And EFT forces you to reconnect with the body because you are physically tapping on points on your body yourself. It's, it reconnects you back into your physical being on top of the mental component. So for me personally, I was so detached from my emotions. Like I an experience would happen and I would feel it three days later. I was that detached from my emotions for a very, very long time. And it was very confusing because I would be like 
three days later, be like, why am I feeling anxious? Why am I feeling depressed? Why am I feeling angry? And it was because I was so detached. So EFT, because of the, of the actual physical tapping and because it is activating, it's, it's, it's activating yourself and also calming that fight, fight and freeze response, it's, it re-engages your entire system both cognitively and physically at the same, and emotionally at the same time. And that's one of the reasons why I feel like it's such a fantastic technique in comparison to conventional talk therapy. Because I've been to conventional therapists, I'm not gonna bash them, it's, it's great work and it does help. But the thing that I've noticed, and I've seen it happen a lot of times with clients who come to me, is they may be cognitively aware of what's going on. They may, may be able to be like, this is exactly what happened to me, here's, this, here's the memories, here's the traumas and all that, but they're still repeating the same scripts of those traumas. And so what the tapping does is it, in, it connects you back into the emotion. It calms down that emotional response that you're having and allows you to re-engage with those past versions of yourself to give the version of you in the past that needed support, that needed healing, that needed love, that needed compassion, that didn't get it, and then you give it to yourself. It's it, in a weird way, it's almost like emotional time travel. You can't change the past. You can't change any trauma that you've experienced, but you can change how you're reacting to it today. Like a, a great example is, let's say you have a boss and your boss says something to you that is upsetting. They critique you, a normal thing that happens in the work environment. But let's say your boss also kind of reminds you of your dad and your dad's kind of a jerk. So that so you so they, your boss says something that isn't that's not terribly pleasant, and you have that normal reaction. But then you have that script in the back of the head of like, oh, my dad used to say this kind of stuff to me, and my dad's a jerk, and and then all of a sudden you have all of this emotion, all of this anger or resentment or anything, all of a sudden you're screaming at your boss and you may not even be cognitively aware that all this stuff happened in the back of your mind, but your reaction is taking it into account. And all of a sudden you're reacting to something with so much more emotion than it needs to be. And it's, you know, the class you were, they were, you were triggered. That happens a lot for people. We play these scripts from our past from times that we've had these traumatic experiences. So, so can I, be, yeah, sorry, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. So my, here's my question. So as a EFT practitioner, who's not a therapist, who doesn't have a background in, in trauma per se, sort of how do you handle that experience of, of maybe holding space for a client who is triggered, knowing that sort of, you know, that other, that, that sort of, how do we handle trauma gently as health and wellness practitioners who don't necessarily, um, have that master's degree in, in dealing with trauma. Absolutely. So first, let me clarify what I'm referring to as trauma. Trauma is any event from your past that still holds emotion. So that can be the typical thing you think of trauma, which would be abuse and things like that, that it includes that, but that could be any, that could be something as small as something as quote unquote insignificant as you did something somewhat embarrassing, but it's still makes you feel embarrassed when you think about it. And so the lovely thing about the, the, the actual EFT and the tapping is that as you're doing the tapping, you are calming that system down. You are reducing the emotional reaction to whatever you're feeling as you're talking about it or even thinking about it or just trying to figure out what the heck it is. So, and those emotions could be anything. It could be depression, it could be sadness, it could be anxiety, it could be shame, it could be anger. And 
the tapping just continues to relax that system down. So for some going more specific to what you were saying, Beth, if someone had a capital T trauma, you know, prolonged abuse or something really horrific, there are several techniques with EFT where you can work on the issue without having to go straight into it. So one of the really interesting things with EFT is that you don't necessarily have to tell me as the practitioner what you're wanting to work on if it's something that traumatic. So it's called tapping around the issue. So let's say to use a horribly common but horrible trauma, you abuse, you know, abuse from a, a caregiver of some sort. If the, if the client isn't ready to, to dive into that, which is very normal, because who wants to relive that? Typically, what I would do as a practitioner if is we, we would make it more vague. We would really pull back. And so we would say, you know, as we're tapping, you know, we would say, this terrible thing happened to me. And I don't like that it happened. And just and for our listeners, you started tapping as you're I'm doing tapping again. Sentences. I can't. So yep, he started on the top it. of his head and then he went to his eyebrow and now he's on the side of his eye. Yes. Mm-hmm. And these are all the know, kind of like acupressure points along the meridians. Yeah. Along exactly. The yep. Exactly. And so we would keep it really vague. You know, this terrible thing happened to me. I didn't like that it happened. It was someone that I trusted. You know, it make, I still can't, I still think about it today. We would go vague. We can even go even vaguer than that. And we can just say, you know, this thing happened. And that's it. This terrible thing happened. This terrible thing happened. This terrible thing happened. He's we can tapping every that. time he said, I'm tapping. <laughs> yes. I can't help it. I'm programmed into doing it. This is the radio uh, version. <laughs> it makes it hard to do these physical modalities. But yes, For beautiful, sure. beautiful tapping happening. Yes. Yeah. So it's, you can be that vague. And even to the point where as the practitioner, I might not even know what's going on. And that's fine. Sometimes and that's what that's a great thing when it comes to EFT is that it's so effective for people who have PTSD because you don't have to dive back into it and relive the experience if you're not ready to. And typically in those instances, you would really start far away and slowly bring that emotional charge down by being really on the periphery of it. And then potentially you might get to a point where you're ready to actually dive more into it and give more detail because the detail can be very powerful as you're doing the tapping, but it's not necessary. Beautiful. And, and also if someone has a moment where in, in the moment they become emotionally overwhelmed and they start crying or get really upset, tap faster. You're simply lowering that emotional charge quicker when you tap faster. And a lot of times if that does happen, I will stop giving verbal prompts and I will just say to them, next point, next point, you know, eyebrow, side of the eye, under the eye, upper lip, lower lip, collarbone, under the arm, inner wrist, side of the hand, and just keep going fast and bring them back into the present where they're just focusing more on tapping on their body. And, and that, eventually they'll calm down. Yeah. And that, that list that you just kind of mentioned, like the, all these different points, those are the, the 10 points for the tapping, you know, top of the head, inside of the eyebrow, outside of the eyebrow, underneath the eye, top of the lip, bottom, bottom of the lip, lip, collarbone, collarbone, under, under the, the arm. arm. It's kind of like bra strap area for, for women yes. for yep. that reference. Yep. The bra strap area. Yep. And then the inner wrist where, you, where a watch band would be and then the side of the hand which is called the karate chop point as well, the fleshy part of the palm beneath the pinky. And now we're going to talk a little bit about EFT itself. And Eric has a exercise to walk us through 
Um, so what are we tapping on today, this, this afternoon? So today we're going to be just tapping on the general loneliness that a lot of people may be feeling right now just because it being winter and then also because of the isolation with COVID and all that fun stuff that comes with that. So for the listeners, if you are driving, do not tap. Please <laughs> do not tap and drive. It's not safe. But for everyone else, you're welcome to, to tap along. So I'm going to go, I'm going to mention where all the points are once more and more times so that you're aware of it. But and then as we're doing the tapping, I'll say where the points are. And if the two lovely co-hosts will just repeat after me as I go through each of the points, that is when also the listeners will be saying things out loud if they're in a space where they're comfortable to do so. Yeah. If you look like a monkey, then you're doing it right. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love that. It's it's it is very instinctual. There's like a very like it's we're connecting to our bodies and that's that's what animals do. Indeed. You know, Absolutely. not afraid to, to touch, e you know, each other and themselves. And yeah, that's this is part of just our nature. Absolutely. So we're going to start on the karate chop point, which is the side of the hand beneath the pinky. And then after we'll, we'll do the setup phrase, which we'll do in a moment. And then we're going to go from the top of the head through down to the body. So once again, it's the top of the head dead in the middle as if you're parting your hair. The eyebrow at the bridge of the nose the side of the eye on the bony socket, directly beneath your eye on the bony socket as well, your upper lip, your lower lip, your collarbone. And just when For you say lower one, lip, it's actually the bone under your lip. Like correct. Crevice, so not, yep. not the lip correct. itself. Yes, not the lip itself and not the chin, in between the lip and the chin, exactly. The collarbone's kind of the hardest one. I would recommend just using your whole hand and just tap on where you have that like little U directly beneath the your throat right before your rib cage starts and your sternum starts. Just tap on that general area. Then under the arm. So for women, it's where your bra strap is directly below your, below your armpit. For men, just follow your nipple directly beneath your arm and just tap with your whole hand there. The inner wrist. So you can see where your, where your a watch would be or you can see the lines on your wrist from just bending it. That would be where you want to tap. And then we would go back to the side of the hand. The great thing with EFT, if you're not exactly on the point, it's fine. If you skip a point, it's fine. If you linger on a point, it's fine. You really can't do it wrong. Is there too, like, is there too much or too little pressure? Sometimes I find that I'm like really like tapping quite hard. And I'm like, um, it, it kind of, I know you just said you can't do this wrong. But like, sometimes I'm like, am I doing this wrong? So t you don't want to hurt yourself. So too much pressure can be bad, but you also technically don't even have to, to tap. You can simply even put pressure on the point. So it's a, so if, if tapping is too stimulating or if for some people, if they have an injury or, an, or something like that, tapping on a specific point might be uncomfortable. You can just put pressure and pressure could be, you know, just light touch or it could be minor pressure. You, you don't want to be jabbing yourself in the head and you don't want to be like forcing it in. It's just, you just want gentle engagement and whatever threshold is comfortable for you. But yeah, you don't, it shouldn't hurt and <laughs> at the end of the day. And uh, one other kind of quick question. So I know you're sure. kind of um, using your sort of like uh, middle and pointer fingers as your mm -hmm. tapping fingers. Um, is there a, a difference between using the right side and the left side, like when you're talking about the inside of your eyebrow, should you be doing both at the same time? If you're right-handed, should you be using like the left side or, you know, like, is there any kind of details around, uh, you know, the, the symmetry 
symmetry points? Fantastic questions. The great, the great answer is it doesn't matter. You can tap with your right hand. You can tap with your left hand. You can tap with both hands. It doesn't matter if you're tapping on the right side of your body with your right hand or the left side of your body with your right hand. It doesn't matter. As long as you're engaging the points, it doesn't matter. Some people like doing two hands and tapping and being more aggressive, tapping both sides at the same time. Some people like one hand. It doesn't matter what fingers you're tapping with. doesn't matter. As long as you're engaging the points you and you're close enough, you can't do this wrong. That's the glorious thing about EFT. Either it's going to work or it'll do nothing. You can't make it worse. Beautiful. All right. Any other questions before we start, ladies? No, let's get started. All right. So once again, we're going to start at the side of the hand, the fleshy part beneath the pinky. So repeat after me and listeners repeat with the ladies. Even though. Even though. Even though I feel really alone. I feel really alone. I feel really alone. I would like to utterly and profoundly love and accept myself. I would like to utterly and profoundly love and accept myself. Even though. Even though. I miss my friends and family. I miss my friends and family. I would like to utterly and profoundly love and accept myself. I would like to utterly and profoundly love and accept myself. Even though I am lonely. Even though I am lonely. I would like to utterly and profoundly love and accept myself. I would like to utterly and profoundly love and accept myself. All right, now top of the head. I feel so isolated. I feel so isolated. Eyebrow at the bridge of the nose. The isolation is really bothering me. The isolation is really bothering me. Side of the eye. I really miss being around people. I really miss being around people. Under the eye. It has been a long time since I've seen my family. It has been a long time since I've seen my family. Upper lip. I feel so lonely. I feel so lonely. Lower lip. There is an emptiness that I feel in my body. There is an emptiness that I feel in my body. Collarbone. Why can't things go back to normal? Why can't things go back to normal? Under the arm. I have nothing to look forward to. I have nothing to look forward to. Inner wrist. Being alone is starting to hurt. Being alone is starting to hurt. Side of the hand. It's been so long since I hugged someone. It's been so long since I hugged someone. We're going to go one more cycle and we're going to go a tiny bit faster. I top of the head. I feel so isolated. I feel so isolated. Eyebrow. The isolation is really bothering me. The isolation is really bothering me. Side of the eye. I really miss being around people. I really miss being around people. Under the eye. It has been a long time since I've seen my family. It has been a long time since I've seen my family. Upper lip. I feel so lonely. I feel so lonely. Lower lip. There is an emptiness that I feel in my body. There is an emptiness that I feel in my body. Collarbone. It will get better soon. It will get better soon. Under the arm. This isolation will end. This isolation will end. Inner wrist. 
I will visit people when this is over. I will visit people when this is over. Side of the hand. Life will be more normal soon. Life will be more normal soon. All right. I'll take some nice deep breaths. Drink some fluids if you have some nearby. Water is preferable, but any fluid will work. Thank you, Eric. That was beautiful. That was really nice. Does it nice. um does it matter if you say it inside your head or verbalizing it? It was sounding just like a little um too much. Yeah, a little too much <laughs> like uh like for the auditory side of us saying it together at the same time. So I just uh kind of let Beth carry on verbally, but I was following along internally. Um but it 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 activates all the same kind of stuff when you It makes no difference at all. You can repeat it in your head or you can simply listen or you can you can repeat it out loud. There's once again there is no wrong way to do it. The main the main focus is that you just have to have your intention aimed at something. So you can't you can't mindlessly tap per se. So like if you're completely distracted and you're just tapping but you're not like thinking or focusing on something that you're experiencing, it won't really work too much. But like if you're listening to me and you're following along and you're even if you're letting your mind wander but you're still kind of engaged the tapping will still work. And I actually so, notice that yeah. oftentimes, and I, I've told Eric this when I had a session with him, but is that oftentimes I actually shift the words a little bit in my head because there's a word that like I really, that speaks to my own knowing or my own intuition. And so the words can also be a push off point for something maybe, you know, that you that you sort of are feeling deeply that's a little personal. Um, so anyway, I, I, I what I find so powerful about EFT and when you walked us through that, um, that ex that experience is sort of both what I notice is this rising emotion in me, right? The like I feel lonely, the rising feeling and the sensations in my body that get activated. And at the same time, right, you're you're actually you feel still very grounded. Um and that is I think what's so powerful when I experience CFT, which is sort of this ability to feel your feelings more deeply, the ones that you've been pushing down, and at the same time to not be so activated by them. Absolutely. So for the listeners, if you are feeling activated, if something did come up, keep tapping and just tap quickly if you're if you're very activated. Um, so, Eric, thank you. yeah, well, thank you for being here with us. Uh, you have two areas of focus that you prioritize sort of on your on your website about sort of how you serve the community as an EFT practitioner. Could you tell us a little bit about about um, about that? Absolutely. So my two focuses are the LGBTQIA plus community and then also self-fulfillment. So for, for the gay community, um, I myself also as a gay man, I had a, I really wanted to be able to connect and give back to my own community in that way. Because, you know, a very common thing with any form of mental health practitioner is that a lot of times they tend to go into fields that have those personal connections, you know, the, per the best example being like Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, where it's people who have dealt with addiction who are leading and then, de and then offering treatment. So it's a way that I like to give back to the community. And also because I do come with my own personal experience and understanding of what it's what it was like to be in the closet and be questioning and not being sure and having to come out. It's it is a unique experience for people to have to go through. And 
sometimes as open as and accepting as more as more and more people are when it comes to the gay community there's still sometimes where people kind of stumble over the nuances there and then um in regards to self-fulfillment i feel like i am continuing to work on that journey with myself of trying to be the best version of the person that i am supposed to be of the of the person that i was born to be and so many people are weighed down by issues from their past or from terrible experiences that they had or lack of confidence or depression or whatever it is that are interfering with their ability to really embrace their true selves. And so I, that's, that's that half of it as well. It's that I am still on that journey myself and I'm continuing to make progress on that journey and continuing to grow into who I am. But it's wanting to kind of help people get on that journey as well of self-discovery and just figuring out what makes you who you are and then how to just really amplify that and just kind of shed all of the weight and all of the critique and all of the muck that have been kind of imposed upon us from experience that kind of makes us less of who we are and, and you know, to be as authentic of ourselves as we humanly can be. Yeah. And that, like you said earlier, that, you know, the things that kind of hold some heavy emotion for us don't have to be our defining existence and that we can con continue to grow and evolve and, you know, learn from those things and not be so weighted. So, yeah, I love that. And is that some, something where you might work with someone? I mean, so like if you if you wanted to improve your imagining a listener who's like, I would like to, you know, grow my business or improve public speaking or take a leap on a new career path or something like that. Is that something where you would work with someone in like a short period of time to help them navigate the change? Or is it? Um, yeah. What does that look like? So at the end of the day, it's what the client is looking for when they're working with me. So if someone comes to me and they have a fear of public speaking and that's the only thing they want to work on and then when they're done with that they they're they're done that's fine and I'm happy to do that that journey that will depending on what's the source of it that tends to be more brief but typically what I've noticed is that something like that you know fear of public speaking or issues around starting a business tends to be the the issue that gets a person in the door and then as things start getting healed and they start gaining that vitality, they start gaining that confidence and that personal strength, a lot of times they, they want to keep going because they'll start realizing, oh, like, I'm not scared of public speaking anymore. And I had no idea it had to do with this memory back in middle school where I gave this presentation and it went terrible. And it's like, and not only now am I not afraid of public speaking, but now I'm more confident being more honest with my spouse. And it's like, I didn't know those were connected. And it's like, yeah, like the, the web of connections in our minds go, it goes nutty. And that's kind of what EFT does. You start with that surface level issue. And the goal is to find those memories that form those issues and you heal those memories. And then those contemporary issues start to break down and then eventually vanish altogether. Cool. I like that. So the other piece that I was sort of playing with as we were preparing for this interview was, you know, I've used, and I had told you this, uh, like I've used, you know, tapping apps. I know Caroline's used tapping videos. So there's a lot of like, I'm not going to, I'm going to say amateur tapping in a, in a kind and kind way. Like pre-recorded. Pre pre-recorded tapping. Things, yeah, that are available. Um, and then so people might have some familiarity with tapping. So what is it, what's different about it with sort of being one-on-one -on -one and, and, 
I guess, what sort of, how does that up-level the experience? Beth, I'm going to throw that question to you. Ooh. And because I, you know, er- Eric is sort of the expert, but I, I, I want to throw that question to you because um, because you have experienced the pre-recorded stuff and then and then you have had your own individual That's sessions. Um, so this tell- is the problem with two co-hosts. I Just know. so we're clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, but, and then any second you can turn into the interviewee. Um, I have a hard time switching that off sometimes. <laughs> uh, let's see. So I love tapping. I find it very powerful. I probably tap like two or three times a week on the app. And so I was not skeptical of my one-on-one session with Eric, but I was not, uh, yeah, it was just like, I kind of know this um, a little bit. And so I think that the personal and and, right the duration is so different like with my a tapping app or something it's like a 7 to 10 15 minute thing and then with Eric it was an hour Um, and so I the biggest difference though right is that the app can't grow with you Um, it can't shift as you shift it can't like notice the pat like you know if I was doing an app let's say I was feeling sad and I was doing the sad releasing sadness on the app and then underneath that was like releasing disappointment or something else I'm not gonna sit there and like then go to another tapping app recording and like follow my own progress and like keep track of where my brain needs things Um, and so I think that that was really what was so profound with my session with Eric was was how um a how much deeper it was and and b um yeah we just covered so much more ground so much faster and I felt safe the whole time yeah um I didn't feel like you know it's hard to hold space for yourself I think it's just is what about you what did you notice um, yeah, very similar to the the evolution kind of description in that like, you know, it, it was over Zoom um, that we did a little tapping exercise. And, you know, I loved that, like, as you were asking me questions, you were like kind of jotting down my language. And so like the exact wording. And so one, I felt really listened to. Um, that was really comforting. But then there was points where like, I've never I've kind of felt like emotions surge while I've been listening to like, you know, like online tapping videos. But like there was times where I was like full on like crying. I was like, I'm going to close my eyes right now and pretend like I'm alone. Even, you know, whatever. That's my like fear of intimacy. But um, I it's yeah, it, it really because I think you helped kind of curate the language and um, a really like more direct mirror to what I was experiencing, what I was verbalizing. All of a sudden, like, bam, it, it just touched the nerve. And that's what helped the emotional release for me. And we did like three rounds of it. So it was like, we started once, you were like, how are you feeling? Like, let's let's talk about what's coming up. And then we did that and then, re- you know, rinse and repeat. So it ended up being uh, maybe like, what was a 35 minute session or something? 40 minute session? 40, 40 45 before we switched over to just kind of talking. Yeah. yeah. So it, it felt really complete. And um, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. It was definitely really interesting. Do Thank you, you both. Do you use those um, <laughs> tapping videos online? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I have, so I have here and there, but not as prolifically as the two of you are describing. So the videos, the apps, the books, they're fantastic, but they are surface level. So even the demo we did before the commercial break, that was generic. It was a generic, it was a generic 
script of sorts that was meant for kind of anyone based on the topic that we that we are, that we were talking about. When I'm working with someone one to one, just like what Caroline was saying, I do jot lots of notes and I do very frequently repeat back the same words that the client says because their words are going to have more power than anything that I'm going to pull out of my head. And going back to what Beth was saying before the commercial break as well, if a cl- I tell my clients, change whatever I say to what fits to you. My words are not what's important. It's what connects to you. So when that happens, typically for the next point, I repeat exactly what they said. So not only does it create the, not only does it validate what was expressed, it also continues to build the relationship between myself and the client. Yeah. But the, the goal is to kind of follow the rabbit hole of where this is going. So the apps and the books and all of that, it starts you at the top, which is great. But then when those when those apps and the books bring up something and brings up the emotion, the books can't work on that because you don't have someone to talk to you. And the other the other big thing too is that being alone, you can't pick up insight on yourself. It's that's incredibly difficult. So to, to give a, an incredibly quick example, I had a client who was very triggered by a, a public figure because they reminded them of a family member of theirs. And so we did a lot of tapping on that. And then during one of the sessions, they mentioned this movie that had similar characteristics of this public figure, but the movie had a massive under a massive plot point of abuse. And that had never come up in any of the sessions we had ever had. So I very bluntly asked the client, you know, I made, I connected all these dots of like, you know, I see why you're making these connections here, but there's now there's this thing that's on the table. Were you abused? And their, their response was yes, but by someone else. And then the very next session, we focused specifically on that abuse. It was that it was that little carrot. It was almost like their subconscious or whether or not they were aware of it was like, here's this sensitive part of me and let's, and it's, it got exposed for a moment and I, I got lucky and I caught it and they were open and willing enough to express it. That's what you lose when you're doing it alone. You, you lose insight, you lose the reflection Yeah. because we are terrible when it comes to being gentle to ourselves and we are, and we can be very terrible when it comes to insight in the heat of emotional upheaval. Cause you're, you're just caught in the emotion. You can't be rational anymore. And that's what you need the partnership with the practitioner to help guide you through. Well, that. and I, that sounds too like helping people navigate their own intuition and deeper knowing um, and really giving our, our intuition a, a voice in, in our healing. So absolutely. That was sort of a, a somber story, but I wanted to ask you what your favorite part of practicing EFT is. Um, it's I treat the confidence of the space with immense I, I treat it with a, I treat that relationship with immense amount of honor and respect because people are being so vulnerable and witnessing transformation is undescribable. Like the number of times where someone comes in, they start with this surface level issue. It dot, we go into something with the past, we process an old memory. And then at the end of the same session, 
I check in with them on what they started the session with and like, oh, I don't even, that's not even important anymore. That's and they just, they, they end the session feeling better, feeling calmer, feeling more content. And in just one 50 minute session, it's, it's just awesome to kind of witness that and do that work with the person and that's the beautiful. honor of being guided with them on that journey. Yeah. Very cool. So where can folks learn more about you? So you can go to my website, uh, ericeft.com, and that's Eric with a C. You can learn more about me, more about my history, you know, the things that, you know, the kinds of ways that I can help people. Um, and you can also connect through my Facebook page to keep tabs on, uh, you know, things that I'm doing, you know, work and all of that kind of thing. Um, and just learn more about EFT and how it can help you and all of the guidance that it can do and different techniques and things like that. And you have a workshop coming up, I believe, this week? Yes. So on Thursday, I, uh, me and my colleague Stacey Every are offering a workshop uh, revolving around love that anyone is welcome to join if they might be interested. Um, it's totally up to them. It's a great way just to get a taste of EFT and to see if it clicks for you. Because the thing I say to everyone when it comes to mental health you need to click with the practitioner and you need to con connect with the practice. And some people might think EFT might be a little bit too woo woo and that's fine. And some people, you know, for whatever reason, might not click with me. That's perfectly fine to each their own. There's no, no such thing as too woo woo on this show. No, <laughs> not in my world. And Stacey, everybody's actually been a guest. True story? Absolutely. Yeah. Stacey, um, Stacey came on uh, very early on in the, um, in the pandemic. So uh, last, last spring, I think so she was Check out here. that interview if you're yeah. intrigued. Um, and I did. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Eric, can you give your website uh, one last shout out before we wrap up um, for the day, for the evening? Absolutely. So that's ericeft.com. So E-R-I-C-E-F-T.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for coming on and, and sharing, you know, your world and, and this practice that has really um, left an impact on, on my life and as well as your own. And um, sounds like, Beth, you've had some some insights, too. Indeed. And, and if you're a podcast listener, you can always go on to any of your favorite podcast um, platforms and find uh, the Energy Matters podcast with a little Starburst logo. Um, so thank you, Beth. For thank you. And thank you, Eric, for being here. And I will be back. Thank you um, both. In the fine month of March. That's right. Thinking about spring. That's right. Grateful. So have a great weekend, everyone. And be well.